0: They look at that and they think, oh my gosh, am I really gonna buy this thing? And you have to, you know, sit them down and say, okay, this is X, that is Y, and at the end of the day, this will cost you fifteen hundred bucks to fix it. You're buying an eight hundred thousand dollar house and you're gonna have to pay fifteen hundred bucks, is that gonna be okay for you?
1: And they're usually okay after that. Imagine if you bought everything you needed to build a house. Then you built it. Chances are you would have messed something up along the way. When you buy a home, it's very common that something in the home will have to be fixed. Home inspectors are brought in to protect both sides of the transaction. This is so you don't have any unexpected surprises. Then it's left for escrow to figure out. In this episode of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze, we meet Kane Swayze escrow manager Dakota Bailey and find the importance in working with someone who has closed a lot of escrows over his career. Ease any of the fears you have of buying or selling a home by listening to this episode of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze. Here's your host, James D. The
2: Slow County Real Estate with Hal Swayze Podcast. As always, we have Mr. Swayze with us. Hal, how are you doing? Thanks for letting me be here. And Mr. Pete, how are you, sir? Doing great. Always a pleasure. And JT's on vacation today. So Hal, we have a special guest. Who do we got with us? Mr.
3: Dakota Bailey, who is a member of uh, our team, and he is our escrow manager.
0: Yeah, Hal, thanks for uh, inviting me on. I've and, and been on the team since 2018. Before that, I was an agent and uh, just kind of doing my own transactions. So how many escrows in you closed in the last four-ish years? So total over 600 since I joined.
2: Jay, is that pretty common for uh, 600 escrow closing? Uh, no, that is pro status right there.
3: Okay. Pro status. So you're, you're professional. Great job. Perfect, yeah. Yeah. It
0: only took a little bit of time to become
3: a professional in my profession. (laughs) (laughs) Right? What the heck is an escrow? Uh,
0: Whenever in California, at least in a lot of other states in the country, when you have two parties, one of them wants to sell a house, one of them wants to buy a house, uh, escrow kind of acts as the intermediary between those two parties. You've got your title of the house, so the actual property itself is going to go into the escrow, and then you've got the funds are going to go into the escrow, and that escrow company that performs the escrow is going to actually do the transfer so funds go to one party and the title goes to the other well the escrow company is going to ensure that everything gets signed in terms of title over to the other uh you know from the property from the seller to the buyer and they're also going to make sure all the funds get in and then get transferred whenever it closes
3: yeah and they use the purchase contract we draft up to as kind of their instructions.
0: That's correct. So we're we're providing them instructions on how to do the transfer, and they're actually doing the transfer. Right. So the difference between my job and what an escrow officer does is the escrow officer is going to act as the actual person performing that exchange. I'm really going to be on the side of our clients um, to ensure that everything's moving forward in the transaction uh, making sure that lenders have everything they need, making sure that our uh, buyers have their inspections done, that they're okay with the condition of the property moving forward. And then for our sellers, make sure that they're you know getting prepared to move out on time. It's almost like a professional reminder, as JT says. Um, I'm reminding everybody to make sure they're doing their job within our timeframes um, so that you know, everybody's happy at the end.
3: Right. Yeah. Right. So, so, and, it, and it's, I, I think it's a little more even than that. I mean, you, you went through it quickly. So, you know, part of what we deal with, we have older homes here, that home inspection process, right. And it's like you get an inspection and everybody's happy. You're right in the middle of that. That's a serious negotiation that can happen between a buyer and seller, right?
0: Yeah. So sometimes you can get through the, you know, the offer process and there's so, there's no contingencies, which means, hey, we're okay. We've, maybe you already got reports before. We're okay with the condition of the house. But sometimes, um, you know, a buyer's going to come in, do their own inspection and say, hey, you know, we didn't really know about this particular issue that came up. Say it's a foundation inspection. You know, we either want a credit for the amount that the prayer is going to be, or we want the seller to have those items completed. And as a service that we provide to our clients, usually we're the ones that go through and we set up having that repair done, you know. Sometimes meeting the contractor out there to do it, um, but ensuring that it's done when it's supposed to be done.
3: Right. Yeah. A- and again, bringing the buyer and seller together.
0: Right. Exactly.
3: Right. So sometimes, hey, I
0: you have a buyer that says I want thirty thousand or I'm walking, and a seller says, well, you know, I can't do that. I you know need these funds for X reason. And then we kind of do a second set of negotiations. It's like, okay, well, we can't do 30. How about, you know, they'll do 20? And the buyer decides, hey, yeah, that sounds good to me. I only wanted 15, anyways. Or they say, uh, could I get 22? It's you like, know. sure, there you go. So it's your second set of negotiations to kind of keep everything moving along after something has been found out that nobody really knew about.
3: Yeah. I think it's even more stressful for a buyer and seller because you're already in the midst of it. Versus I'm going to buy the house, maybe I get it, maybe I don't. It's almost like, you know, you're not yet married and then you get an escrow and when you're married, then it's like you have to renegotiate when you're married. There's a lot more at stake, <laughs> right. right? A seller might go, oh, do I have to start over? Am I going to miss my move, my timing? And the buyer goes, Do I, I don't want to lose the house, but we weren't expecting this. When
0: you're in negotiations to buy the house the first time, you're like, well, I might get it, I might not. So you're not as invested. But then when you actually have it, you're like, okay, this is mine. Yeah. I don't want to lose it. That's even more of a, a motivating factor. The fear of loss is, is worse than the, the yeah. fear of not getting it in the first place.
3: And I have to say, and you guys probably know this, Dakota has the most even-keeled, you know, calm temperament. Like my real estate coach would always say, we as agents have to be the calming influence in a transaction because it's easy when you get that surprise to think, uh-oh, that's not good. And Dakota's, you, you know, you're a master at
2: it. You know, I have a friend, a good friend that's a real estate agent for a different company, and he's like, I love calling your office and talking to Dakota.
4: Yeah. <laughs> he's so exactly. great. Exactly. Yeah, I
2: just like hearing his voice. He likes how you answer the phone.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's what he says.
4: That's yeah. Stress mitigation. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Right? Yeah, first
3: yeah. impressions. Yeah. <laughs> For listeners that have been through an escrow, I mean, we deal with it all the time, so we get used to it, and and it's really not a good thing, because we have to re-remind ourselves. So, what are some of the biggest surprises or hurdles you find that come up that can help people prepare for an escrow? Uh,
0: You know, some of the big things that we see where people are kind of caught off guard are maybe surprise fees. I mean, you've got um, some HOA management companies will charge a fee up front. Others will bill it through escrow, but... A lot of times, sellers don't expect to pay, a, you know, five to six hundred dollar fee to transfer their HOA paperwork to a buyer, and that's just a, that's just a, your normal fee that they charge to actually draft the paperwork, change the names, and send it over. Um, so things like that. Other items would be maybe you get a home inspection, and you think, man, I lived in this house for fifteen years you know, we had a plumbing leak, you know, five years ago, but that's the only bad thing I can find in my house. And then they have a home inspection and they read a home inspection and it looks like their house is about to fall down. And you have to, you know, go to them and be like, okay, this is just, this is a home inspector's job. Uh, They're going to go through and they they kind of they're going to pick your place apart because they miss something they're liable for it. Right. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit more of a critique of your house than you would expect. And some sellers are prepared for that and on the flip side with buyers, they look at that and they think, "Oh my gosh, am I really going to buy this thing?" And you have to you know, sit them down and say, "Okay, this is X, that is Y, and at the end of the day, this will cost you 1500 bucks to fix it." Now you're buying an $800,000 house and you're going to have to pay 1500 bucks. Is that going to be okay for you? And they're usually okay after that. But you just yep. kind of have to explain to them it comes up on every single house. Even houses that are two years old are going to have something that comes up on the home inspection. Right. Yeah.
3: So you do a good job of putting it in context for the buyers.
0: Yeah, I think that's the most important thing is you just have to put it in context yep. so that
3: they're not having it run wild in their head if the standards buyers have for the condition of houses they're getting uh, were the standards my wife had to use to get a husband, that I would no longer be a married person, you know, (laughs) because they come in expecting some pretty big things. And at the same time, when they do the inspections, there's a reason an owner hasn't crawled under their house for the 5, 10, 15 years they've been there. You know, they go, oh, that's going." You just don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think really inspections and like I said, surprise fees. Now, when you get in closer to closing, that's just your typical reminders. Hey, you know, you've got your utilities, you need to change out of your name. And some people think, oh, I think the buyers just call and, and set that up and that's no big deal. But sometimes, you know, as a seller, unless you feel like paying for maybe possibly a week of the buyer's utilities while they're there, because... The buyer may not remember to put the utilities in their name.
4: I had an investment property; had an agent sell for me over in the valley, and he told me that um, you know that he had the um, he had, went and had the water turned off, which is great. Thank you very much for that because the the water usage over there was you know it was heavy, a lot of water to keep the plant and the place alive. Three months later, I got a bill from Public Works for a thousand dollars for a water bill, mm-hmm. and he physically went to the house and turned the water off. I thought Oops. he. I thought he called and had the water taken out of my name. So, uh, <laughs> great guy, but if, but uh, there were some things that just uh, that uh, were miscommunicated. Right, if <laughs> Dakota had been involved, right, yeah. I would have saved a thousand dollars.
3: How about the word we always love to talk about delays?
0: A lot of transactions are going to end up delayed, and our time frames are more like guidelines. So, you know, in the contract, you're going to have set time frames for contingency removals when you're supposed to get your earnest money deposit, which is the deposit a buyer is going to take to the escrow company and give them as uh, a good faith deposit saying, hey, we want to go, you know, we want to work towards completing this transaction. Here's a $10,000 deposit that we're putting up, basically saying, hey, we've got skin in the game. And what happens is when we're going along, you might have a buyer that's going to get a loan. Well, it may be taking a little bit longer than you normally would for that loan to be approved. Say there's a difficult situation with the buyer's financing. Maybe they have a small business that they're kind of working through. They have to get uh, a new tax uh, form completed. Um, so it does take a little bit longer for the lender to actually approve that loan. And a buyer is going to be uncomfortable removing their loan contingency, even if they were contractually obligated to do that, if they don't think they can actually get the loan, because then their deposit would be at stake if they did that. Another thing is maybe you get a home inspection done, and the home inspector calls out the foundation needing to be repaired. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to get a foundation contractor out, and that's going to take another week even though we're supposed to remove our inspection contingency within the next two or three days, I need another week. So that's just an extra delay that someone might need in a transaction. So you've got delays on inspections. Maybe you have delays uh, with your loan. And then at the end, there might even be a delay because, hey, I've got funds coming from the sale of a property in a different county, But they've got delays, so automatically I have delays on this one.
3: There's a lot of suppliers and a lot of players in a real estate transaction. All are people, and sometimes things have to get done before people can move ahead. So between closing, delays on inspection, that sort of thing. So that's part of what we're trying to warn people about. Just be prepared, and and hopefully we can leave some latitude in our plans.
0: Yeah, every time you bring another party into the
3: transaction, there is room that there is going to be a delay. what, What do we define your position as? The transaction, what was this position in sports? Oh, my gosh. You're the quarterback, basically. Yeah. So so your job, you're basically making sure everybody's
4: going, or is it a coach? It was I'm the sure. tight end. He's, he's, tight. Once you hand him the ball, he's taking it across the finish line. He's going to get it yeah. through. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. not a tight right.
2: end, Jay, yeah. but that's okay. It's a running yeah, back. Yeah, it's a running back. Yeah, it's a what,
1: what oh. it was, it was, you
3: didn't play football. No, sports much.
1: analogy. Yeah. yeah, it's just real estate. Re- real estate was, people
3: talking about sports. Right? I could relate <laughs> it to basketball. Uh, Wait a minute, we were talking about Rob Gronkowski, Kelly yeah, Winslow, some in. of these great tight ends. Yeah. You get them the ball, they're taking it. Okay, to thin- but he said hand off
2: the ball, maybe on like a reverse or something. But. Do
3: you know Debo Samuel? I do. They hand off the ball. No, that's a different He's animal. Right there. Yeah. You know what? You know what? We need we need a wide receiver.
4: We need to sort this out after the podcast. You know what? I do know is this, whether it's, you know, off of the sport analogy, one of my favorite analogies, is the, the Baker analogy in a real estate profession. And there's a lot of real estate agents out there that are transactional. They go from one deal to the next and they're doing it all. Um, one of the great things I think that you bring to the party, Hal, with the team is someone like Dakota, who's an absolute expert in his specific slice of the pie, what, what needs to be done. And uh, that makes a much more fluid transaction for everybody involved. And it differentiates business owners from transactional associates. You guys want to
1: tie a sports analogy into this. I mean, Bill Belichick is famous for this as the coach of the New England Patriots. His thing, you do your specific job. You go out and you do this part of the jo- of, of, of the job and we will be successful. You do this, you do this, and you do this. Dakota, having done a transaction with your team before... I hated getting the call with the, from Dakota, but then I loved the fact that he was calling me to remind me, you got to get this done, you got to get right. that done, because if I didn't, there would be no motivation there. And that was what I was wondering while he was sitting there talking about what he does for his job, and I actually I'm glad you addressed that, Jay, is, is when you're dealing with the transactional agent, does that happen where you know you, that person has got the time while working on their next sale and getting all the other ducks in a row where he's going to call and remind you about deadlines that you need to meet for either paperwork or even as simple as transferring your utilities over.
4: It's just one person trying to do it all. Uh, so Dakota, I have a
2: question. So you talked about delays. Sure. Uh, two words that nobody likes to hear is uh, falling out. Right. So can, we, can you give us an example kind of what that means and then what creates that? When a property
0: falls out, you know, the term we use is falls out of escrow, but it's really a cancellation of the contract. So it's usually a buyer that maybe they had a home inspection done. They say, you know, this there's a big issue came up. You know, I want X amount of money. Seller said, you know, I can't really do that. Maybe we have a backup offer, or maybe I really needed to get X amount of dollars for this place. And if I give you, you know, twenty grand off, I'm not going to reach that. And you know, you know, doesn't really suit my goal uh, for selling this property. Because that, the buyer may look at that and say, okay, you know, it doesn't really work out for me financially, or. Maybe I had a change of heart and I still have my contingencies in place. So I'm going to go ahead and cancel the transaction and I'm going to move on. In that case, we would draft up a cancellation. We would send it for all parties to sign. And then we'd send it to escrow and they would uh, look at it, say, okay, yep, this is valid cancellation. Uh, buyer, here's your deposit back. And everyone kind of washes their hands and walks away.
3: It's interesting because that changes, right? Yeah. Uh, when the market was a very, very strong seller's market. A lot of times we had the inspections done up front. They went fairly quickly and there wasn't – the buyers knew they shouldn't ask. You can always ask in your time frame. But now I think people are seeing as the market slows down a little bit and it becomes a little more balanced, sellers need to be prepared to compromise. So that broken sewer line that they forgot about out of the house or they discovered – is no longer just, Oh, I'm going to throw it on the buyer. It's like, no, that's your sewer line still. You probably are going to need to fix that. So again, it becomes compromise and it's dictated a lot by what's happening in the market as well as the motivation of the parties. Some, sometimes a seller really wants to sell, they'll do whatever. Sometimes a buyer really has to buy and they'll take whatever. Every transaction is different, but it certainly changes a lot as the market changes, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I think you're right. I think compromise is the biggest word here. Maybe the house is sat on the market for 50 days you only had the one offer, so now you're only negotiating with one buyer. But maybe you get into the, you know, you put the house on the market, it goes under contract within five days with the multiple offers, and you've got a backup buyer, and or your first buyer maybe gets an inspection done and says, you know, I don't really like this, can I have some money? And you give it to the backup buyer and say, hey, what do you think about this? And they're like, "Oh, well, I'm still fine with the house where I'm at. And you can go to the first buyer and say, yeah, you know, unfortunately we still got someone who wants it, And they're okay with this. Do you still want to go ahead or not? With the market that we're kind of coming back to, which is more of a normal market, there is more give and take. You know, maybe you don't have a backup offer. So the buyer that you have is always going to be the buyer you really want to work with because they're the one that you're, you know, engaged to, per se. Uh,
2: You said something about a backup offer. Can you explain what that means?
0: The offer that your seller has accepted, um, that's your. That's who you've gone under contract with. Now there may be another person that says, oh, "I really want the house." You know, let me know if things, you know, things go sideways. If that buyer is kind of looking like they're going to back out, well, you can always put them in what we call backup position, which means that um, you've negotiated with them, you've agreed on a price and terms that both parties are comfortable with, with the expectation. If our first buyer walks away, we'll go under contract with this new buyer under those terms and, uh, and that price.
2: So any more questions uh, for Mr. Bailey here, gentlemen?
3: Just appreciate the fact that in four years, he's closed over 600 escrows. So
4: thank you. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. 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 It's really amazing. Yeah.
2: Thank you for listening to the House Wazy podcast. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It comes out every Monday, so check for it in your feed for the latest information on the San Luis Obispo County market. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and on HouseSwayze.com, where you can find current listings and other real estate tips. HouseSwayze.com, that's H-A-L-S-W-E-A-S-E-Y.com. I am James Bueno, Director of Marketing for the Hal Swayze Group. If you're looking for anything real estate, give us a call, 805-781-3751. Hal
1: Swayze is a licensed California real estate broker, DRE number 01111911. The Slow County Real Estate with Hal Swayze Podcast is a production of AGM Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.